The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to another edition of Red Side of the Trent. This is the podcast before the World Cup, as Reece Lane would say. Uh, we are reflecting, obviously, on a terrific week for Nottingham Forest as uh, Forest dispatched Spurs in the Carling Cup or Carabao Cup or Worthington Cup. I don't know what you want to call it these days, energy drinking cup. Uh, uh, to, cup. Yeah, 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 <laughs> whatever, um, uh, where we set up a... Last 16 tie with Blackburn Rovers. Uh, before we welcomed Crystal Palace to the city ground yesterday, as we do this on a Sunday, where the Reds ran out 1-0 winners. Uh, I'm joined by Christian Brown and Reese Lane as Lee Clark is AWOL. He may join us halfway through. Who knows? Anything can happen on this podcast. Uh, guys, brilliant week, obviously. Christian, how are you feeling? Are you good? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very, very good. Obviously, we're going to talk good. about the Spurs game before we get into the Palace game. Uh, nine changes were were made. Uh, Serge Aurier and Ryan Yates were the only two that uh, survived from the previous team against Brentford. What did you make of that? And that's a lot of changes to make, but we, we weren't weakened out, I didn't think. I think, what, I think that was probably an example of where our transfer strategy has actually helped us um, acclimatise being a Premier League club because we could make nine changes and didn't look that out of place, which is nice. I mean, had we made nine changes last season, you'd have seen people like, I mean, with of no disrespect to people like Jada would have come in and Beso would have come in. Um, and, you know, would that team have beaten Spurs? Probably not. But, um, you know, it was it was, it was interesting. We didn't, I didn't, I looked at that team and thought, no, that's still pretty strong. You know, that's, that's a team good enough to, win and maybe even a league game so yeah I mean it was pleasing to see that again like we've said before with Cooper that the sort of team spirit seems to run all the way through even though there was nine changes you wouldn't have known that we made nine changes and it, it reflects well on the team that it looked like Spurs are more disjointed than we were despite making so much into our um, team selection 
I find it really annoying that uh, the day after Dean Saunders was like, well, Spurs were a weakened side and 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 all that when they'd only made four changes from the team that lost against uh, Liverpool, I believe it was. And, well, and Dean Saunders is one of the worst managers of all time, so his opinion means absolutely fuck all. <laughs> so, but I just I just found it baffling how we got no credit at all. But Reese, I wanted to talk to you about the new centre half pairing because obviously it continued into Saturday of Joe Worrell and uh, Willie Bolly. Did, did um, how old are they? They play as a centre half pairing because obviously I know you went to the game. I I listened to it on the radio. I think Christian was was the same, so it was hard to obviously see until I saw it yesterday. But a a different a different pairing of sorts. What did you make of that? Yeah, they just they just did what I thought they did yesterday, which was you know the basics really, um, kicking and adding the ball, and just making sure that no one got in behind them. I know we'll come on to the Palace game with the penalty, but they didn't really get tested much on Wednesday night, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, Harry Harry Kane, he must have had half a dozen touches, if that. So it was pretty, it was, I thought it was a good game for us in terms of Spurs. You know, I don't know how, for our listeners how many times we've watched Spurs this season. Spurs sit back a lot and will counter. So for us, when we've, you know, been pending quite a lot of games this season and you got players on the pitch like Lodi and Lingard, it was the perfect opportunity for them to show their attacking prowess. Um, and, you know, you had that solid base at the back with Worrell and Bolly. But um yeah, it was um just a just a solid performance really. I mean sp- again, you know, with Spurs they're not a very good first half team um at the minute. So I was a bit a little bit concerned at half time that it was nil nil at half time, but we came out second half and it was absolutely fantastic and it was the right call from Cooper yesterday to keep Worrell and Bolly in and they've the, you know, back-to-back clean sheets. Yeah. yeah, really good. Christian, let's talk about the first goal from Renan Loddy. I've called him Renan Little this this uh, this season, and it seems like we've exchanged him now as uh, someone put on the sleptic thoughts to to Lennon Waitrose. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that was a purling effort. I didn't know he had a right foot in him. No, I mean, even to be fair. Um, but yeah, what a goal. I mean, I think... It's weird in a sense that I do wonder like, if the World Cup's played a few tricks on some of our players, maybe psychologically, because obviously, obviously Lodi came to Forest with the intention of breaking into the first team. And like, you know, if you perform, you get you pretty much on the plane. Obviously, that hasn't happened. And it does seem as if like maybe almost like a whether it's just anger or he's trying to show, like, show his worth or whether it's just like, you know, a form of pressure has been lifted off him. And now he feels he can play naturally again. I don't know. But um, we're definitely seeing the run and Lodi that, you know, Man City were after that. Juventus were after that. You know, has been was winning Man of the Match awards in the Champions League for Fletico Madrid last season, and a player that we were very lucky to get hold of. And um, again, we'll, we'll come on to it again. Yeah, so he was absolutely outstanding yesterday for Lodi. Mm. And I, we we've seen glimpses in previous games. I thought it was incredibly harsh by some of our fans to sort of like blame him solely for games that we were losing heavily, like City and Arsenal, just because he happens to be starting as well. I mean, you know, there were three other defenders starting in those <laughs> games as well. And like, you can't just pin it on one. But um, yeah, no, it's good to see that he's playing well. And um, yeah, it was a great goal from him against Spurs. It's a really good run. And um, I think 
one thing that goes unmentioned is Lingard's bravery because if anything, the roles were reversed there because it was Lingard who flew in with a full bloody challenge to make sure that um, he won the ball and kept the move alive. It was Lottie that carried a ball 20, 30 yards, cut inside and shot and scored. Hmm. So um, normally you associate those roles the other way around with Lottie obviously being a defender and Lingard being an attacking player. But no, I'm really pleased for him and hopefully now this can be a start of a good sort of like spell in his forest career. Yeah, Reese uh, Christian moves like kind of, kind of drifts into the to the next point quite lovely, which is obviously Jesse Lingard's not only his goal but his performance was probably his best game in a Forest shirt against Spurs. I thought he was brilliant and and a deserved goal and a and a really good counter attack led by a one in Serge Aurier and and Sam Surridge getting the assist there. So pleased for for Lingard. Yeah, delighted. Um, because he, let's be honest, he was the biggest name we've signed in the summer. Big reputation, played for, you know, in my opinion, still the biggest club in England for a long time in Man United. Played for England at World Cups. You know, he was scoring at the last World Cup, for example. So, and we you know all the hoo ha around in, in the media of how much the salaries, which you know, it's it's gone from a hundred grand a week to a million pound a week, I think, according to Talk Sports. So, um, yeah, delighted for him. And you know, it's hot. we'll leave the Palace game for later on in the show. But um, for him and Lodi, that was just hope for the start that they can actually start putting in some really good performances now for Forest, and that that was backed up in the Palace game as well. But that second goal was probably. I'd say the best move of the season from us in terms of, you know, scoring because it was, it was a lovely hung up ball from Aurier. Surridge has just peeled off at the back post, headed it back across, and then Lingard's there just in another ten. It was a really good goal, and we're, we're starting to get some fluidity in his moves now, which is really good to see. Um, and we did we deserved it Wednesday night. And to be honest, if if it wasn't for the red card, which again we'll come on to we would have won that by more because Spurs, as soon as they conceded, were wide open. Mm. Um, we, it's just, we had to tighten up because obviously the red card. So yeah, definitely deserved it. And um, a tough but winnable tie in the next round. And, you know, let's see how far we can go. Definitely. Christian, I just want to ask you about uh, Mangala and, and his red card, but I thought he was so good. He showed like why, why, he's, why we've brought him in. Why people have actually waxed lyrical in in terms of like Dean Henderson did at the very start of the season, and I think other players have said how good he is. Mm. It's just unfortunate that he's never had a really good run of games so far because he got injured at the start of the season. He's had his fitness issues, then he got suspended. Um, but how how good is Aaron Mangala, and how how where like it's. The, the midfield three at the moment, I think, are doing really well. So it's gonna, it's kind of hard, but like not hard because his quality is obviously there. Um, yeah, I think you. I mean, it's the same as like as you sort of touched upon. He's been very stop-start for us, isn't it, Mangala? Like you know, looked amazing against West Ham when he came in, started that game. You know, looked good at Everton for an hour, got injured, and then yeah, it's just been building him back up to fitness. Having him, you know, we were told he was nearly there for the Fulham game or Bournemouth game, and he obviously wasn't. I mean, you know, he has a setback, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which does happen. Um, I mean, no complaints about the red cards. I don't think anyone, you know, I mean, I think even those with the most like forest of red tinted spectacles would probably realize that was, yeah, he, he should have gone. 
Um, it's all well and good saying, oh, but you punted Richarlison, but you can't just punt players, especially, <laughs> like, especially at that height. Um, obviously, the first year as well, you know, we saw a trademark Jed Spence run carrying the ball 50 yards. I know how I, how I missed that, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a shame. I do think that in our best midfield, he probably does get in ahead of Kuyate, but that isn't a slight on Kuyate at all. I mean, Kuyate has been absolutely tremendous so far. Uh, I just think that Mangala just has, you know, I think it, also in terms of the club, it's like, obviously, from a business perspective, obviously, Mangala is the way to go. Of course, he's like eight years younger than Kuyate, but no, nah, it, it's a good problem to have because both of them are playing well. And again, it's it's nice that we're having good selection headaches, even the fact that we're, we're 18th in the league and we're having good selection headaches. <laughs> I mean, that's a testament. To, you know, yeah, that's that's a, always a good thing. It's not like Norwich, for example, last season, where it didn't matter who they played, they were going to get tonked regardless. We're actually thinking, we've got good players here, we're going to have to leave them out. And that's nice. Um, but yeah, Mangala, I think, hopefully he's got a, a big future with Forrest because he looks such a good player. Such a good player. Yeah, and unfortunately, he missed out on the Belgium squad, so he should be fairly fresh for the for when we when we return against Blackburn, obviously, which is the the next round of the cup before we play Man United in the league on Boxing Day or the day after Boxing Day. I think it got moved to. I can't remember yeah, now. Twenty seventh now, yeah. So, so that would be it's a it's a winnable tie. Blackburn will probably think the same after knocking out West Ham out on penalties. So that's a good one. We'll, we'll preview that closer to the time, but. We're going to move on to the Crystal Palace game where we won 1-0 over Le Long's Palace, as Reese informed me yesterday. Uh, a story from Nicholas Anelka's autobiography. Uh, Reese sent me the article, if you don't know the reference. It is a, it is a parody, by the way. It's not uh, actual. I mean, it would be brilliant if it was real. <laughs> it would. It would be great. Yeah, It'd be so good that he slaps him in the face of his cock. Um <laughs> Let let so so there was four changes, Reese. Uh, while while you're here, so uh, Warrell, Bolly, uh, Laddie, and Lingard all came in for Cook, McKenna, Williams, and Dennis. Obviously, them four started on Wednesday night and, and earned their their shirts for for yesterday. What did you make of it? I I thought all four were brilliant. Yeah, um, I mentioned it with the back two and the other um, my other um, comment. The only thing what did I don't want to be this isn't a criticism at all, but I think Bolly could have probably released the ball a bit quicker at times. His passing was a bit um suspect. You know, just, yeah, <laughs> for, you know, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of that because he did what he's in the team to do, and that's defend and keep a clean sheet. And you know, he is still, I'm sure he is a bit rusty because he's not played much. Um and then who else was it? Adam Sorry who came in. So Warrell obviously can't come back yeah, in and and Lingard. Uh, yeah, Loddy and Lingard. Yeah, well, well, them two definitely deserve to stay in because, you know, Wednesday night they were excellent, both their best performances. And to be honest, I think I think the, you know, um, put on another brilliant show in both of them yesterday. Um, like, I think Christians, that's a very good point Christian made about maybe that weight of expectations been lifted off Loddy for the fact that, you know, the Brazil squad is not going to be in it now. So it can kind of concentrate on his club form so yeah that's a good thing and the only th- and you know Lingard's movement off the ball and his runs yesterday were, were superb you know if you kept your eye on him the amount of times we could have just you know slid him in and he was 
a little bit unfortunate he didn't score early. Um, he probably should have scored that one where he put just wide. Mm. Um, I know the one he chipped over the bar, that did look offside for me, but it is in the highlights, so I'm not sure whether that had gone to VAR or not. But yeah, um, there's, there's always before the game in the about us playing with no striker. I think that's going to go on for every game this season when we don't play an out-and-out striker. But yeah, it, I thought it, it worked, didn't it? You know, Gibbs-White was excellent again. He scored. Um, the front. I thought Brennan Johnson was a lot better. I think... Again, this is not a, a gripe or a criticism, but I think Brennan's just got to believe in himself a little bit more um, because I look at him last season, he literally burned pretty much every fullback, whereas this season there was a couple of people keeping up with him. You look at like Ashley Young, for example, and and he was a bit like hesitant, it was, as if to, you know... Um, Oh, I've forgotten. I can't get my words now. Take the brakes off, kind of thing, and just and yeah, just carry the ball the and run. And it because yeah, take the shackles off because he's he's clearly got that ability. And when once he gets back into conf, you know, being really confident again, you know, he he, he can he can definitely thrive at lifts level. And um, yeah, it's just a shame now. I mean, I'm a massive England fan and I love the World Cup, but it's a shame really that we're breaking just as it seems like we're clicking, which is mm. that's the shame. Definitely. Christian, you wanted to come in with, with anything there? I think, um, like Reese mentioned, obviously we don't, no one wants to nitpick after a well-thought-out win, but I think obviously we are going to have to be honest, Willie Bolly in the first half was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Um, I thought, I thought I mean, passing-wise, I didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> like, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, uh, the, the difference between him um, in the first half and the second half was night and day, because second half he was an absolute titan, and no one can dispute that, he was brilliant. Mm. But in the first half, the amount of times he played us into trouble, just by not playing a simple pass up to Lolly every single time he'd wait and wait and wait. He would invite um, a Palace press. We put ourselves under pressure and we'd have to scramble something clear just because he could have done something three, four seconds before. It happened about five times in two minutes. Yeah. And it, it, it's like you, you start to get nerves every time you got on the ball. Whether that's rust, like Reese alluded to, or whether it's something else, but you'd expect better from experienced players like that. And that was really poor. But um, like I said, thankfully it didn't matter anyway. In the second half, he was a lot better. Um, not just watching like bit his defensive play, but he was releasing the ball a lot quicker as well. So maybe Cooper had a word of him at half time just to just be you know, be more instinctive when it comes to you. But um yeah, that was thankfully something that didn't come to anything, but it very easily could have done. Yeah, before... to be honest, it's just um sorry Adam, it's just a confidence thing with us. You can just tell that um once we're getting a stride at like I look second half, the first five minutes yesterday, I think Froiler gave the ball away a few times and then mm. second half when we was on the in the ascendancy, you know, he was pinging it wide to Johnson, looping balls over the top, and we're just getting a bit more confident in his build-up play. Which you know, hopefully, we can put you know some results together and just keep on building. And it it, it looks like it's clicking. Which I'm, you know, if you just asked me that, I don't know what was it six eight games ago, we were literally staring down the barrel of relegation. Now mm. it's looking like we're clicking a little bit. So. Let's just hope when we come back after the World Cup, I mean, we're coming back to two interesting games um, because it's a good time to play Chelsea at the minute, annoyingly. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. Big second we're, half of the season coming up. Obviously before Fulham play Man United, but we're only six points behind ninth. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going uh, to I'm gonna get, into, I'm gonna yeah. get into that. But, but I was... um, also just very quickly, I think my dad made a good point. He said that you don't necessarily miss Scott McKellar until he's out of the team. And I think that we saw that a bit with the passing yesterday with Foley, but 
again, great clean sheet, and obviously we'll come on to that more in detail later. Yeah, because the thing is, McKenna is obviously quite a good when he when he's on it, he can actually thread that ball through the thirds. I always think. But... Yeah, the the stories to Blackpool last season was the one one at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, did, was... he, did, he did a few times where. Well, um, Sorry, the, the Sheffield United game as well yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. Good I wanted point. to talk about Joe Worrell, uh, Christian, obviously because he's come back in. He's had a. A long period of time out, obviously played against Spurs on Wednesday, kept a clean sheet, kept Harry Kane fairly quiet. Yesterday, other than the penalty, I thought he was flawless. I thought his passing from out the back was good. His composure was fairly good. <laughs> there was one time, though, where he controlled the ball really well and someone went, well done, Joe, and then he gave it away, which jinxed him immediately. But other than that <laughs> and the penalty, I thought he was brilliant and... He gave me so much more confidence when than when Steve Cook gets the ball. Although I think Steve Cook is a stalwart of a defender, head it and click, kick it and get his body in the way. He's not as good with the ball at his feet. And I thought Warrell was brilliant. He'd get the ball out to Aurier so many more times and a lot quicker, or to Freuler. And I thought he was he was excellent yesterday, led led by example. And and it was a professional performance to say someone who's not been in the team for a long time. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think like he had like a mad two-minute spell. Uh, I was actually more annoyed at the way he got spammed by Zaha rather than the penalty yeah. incident because that was really poor. I mean, I don't get me wrong, Zaha will do that to a lot of defenders. He'll make a lot of defenders look silly. He has done throughout his entire career, but that was very easy. He just very, he literally didn't have to try. He just but the, did. The way and... Zaha went down was... Oh, of course, but that's what he does, and we know that. If, if, you, <laughs> if you give any attacker an option to do that, they all take it with two hands. That's, I mean, we've seen that time and time again in the Premier League era. If you give anyone like half opportunity, they'll take it just because you know the, the margins are so fine. But um, I thought that was very naive the way he got spanned like that, and obviously the subsequent reaction. And then, pretty much straight after that, um, there was a cross that came into the box, and he went to clear it. And um, he's facing towards to give a kick out for a throw and he absolutely shanked it straight into the upper trend end. <laughs> I was like, oh, Christ. But um, other than that little two-minute spell, Warren was brilliant. And I think, yeah. um, you know, you can't really drop him off for that performance. Again, like you said, um, sort of touched upon earlier, like the ball-playing aspect of his game is tremendous. Like you said, it gave it to Aurier so much quicker and it helps us so much more. If you have someone who can do that as your two centre-backs to free Lodi and... Um, Oriade, we get up the pitch so much quicker, and you know we can attack teams and be much more clinical. And um, yeah, that made a big difference. Obviously, we know Cook's a head it and kick it merchant. And that's fine. He's probably what's needed, given that we need to stop the rot. Just we need to stop the back to basics. You know, mm. um, muck and nettles, shirt rolled up. Let's just like do what we have to do. But I think in order for us to progress as a team, I think Morrow's definitely the better pick because that centre back option. Definitely. Reese, I'm going to get into one of the early opportunities for Forrest and it was a really well-worked move. Johnson got released down the right and had a squaring opportunity to Lingard. I said to you at the time, I thought it was a sitter in terms of like laying the ball on a plate because it was half what it was easy. Um, I don't know what you thought, but I thought it should have, I think we should have been one up at that point, way before the penalty. Yeah, it, it should. I think it just got caught in two minds into Brennan, unfortunately. Um, like, like I said in the other comment, he, he gets in that good areas. He's just got to believe in himself from last season where he can literally drive into the box and he's just like as if he's releasing it a bit too early or a bit too late at the minute. Um, but but he, he's looking better than what he has been, Brennan, so that's good. Uh, that, yeah, 
it should have been one nil really. It's just like I just said, it just got caught within two minds, didn't he? And it in the end ended up going wide and it also ended up being too far away from Lingard for a cross. So yeah, it was it was a shame that one, but thankfully, um, didn't matter. <laughs> I know because you said like the time you you thought if it was the other way round, it, it's a goal because you think Lingard yeah. puts it on a plate for him. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, 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 like like you mentioned, Lingard's running was tremendous. There were so many times where we we, we could nearly play him in, unfortunately, and then and, and we just didn't quite get the ball right. But it kind of leads into my next point with you, Christian, about the, the pe- uh, not the penalty shout, but a red card shout. Maybe Lingard going through he, his first touch is brilliant to take it away from Gerhi. I think it is, and then. They've got to kind of make a. Is it Gerhi or Tyreek Mitchell? I can't remember. But he's got to Mitchell. make a choice of obviously to bring him down or whatever. But what did you make of it? Did you think Joachim Anderson's coming back into to cover, or do you think the officials actually got it right on this occasion? Because uh, we have not got our own Peter Holden to come and clear things up. I haven't seen it back to be fair. So I haven't watched my today yet. But from the first viewing, it was scandalous. I don't see how Anderson could have gotten near. Lingard's. I think um, it should have been red cards. I mean, obviously, I have to watch it back. So I could be wrong, but I could not believe what I was seeing when that yellow card came out. And um, I think Lingard does everything so well. It's not just his touch that takes it away from um, Anderson to begin with. It's the way he positions his body in front of Mitchell. He, he knows full well he's either going to get a foul or he's going to shoot. There's no other alternative at that moment in time. And, you know, it should have been a red Like, I... <laughs> I'm pretty sure Anderson was behind um, Mitchell when the foul was made. So how mm. could he have covered? Yeah. So I don't. I, I mean, I get it if it's a penalty because obviously that, that double jeopardy rule where you know it's um you, know, you give away a last man foul, it's a yellow card, but because obviously you lost the penalty, you don't get both. But given it was a free kick outside the box, surely that was a red card. Mm. I just think that you know, like maybe it's just a bit of. A, Obviously, because obviously we've had we've since had the independent review that looked at the Brentford game that said that you know VAR was wrong to interject on a penalty and we should have had a penalty ourselves and maybe that was sort of like at the back of my mind sort of thing like oh we've got this again have we like you know best league <laughs> in the world worst officials in the world sort of thing but I was in disbelief that wasn't a red card and thankfully it didn't come back and haunt us yeah definitely um, Reese obviously then Palace kind of grew into the game a little bit more and got their own penalty. I thought it was poor to allow uh, Andre Ayew get down the line and, and cross a ball in to even to get it to Zaha. But obviously Christian's already mentioned about his displeasure in Joe Worrell getting span. But luckily it didn't matter because it was such a bad penalty. I mean, I didn't realise how bad Zaha's penalty record was for Palace, you know. Jordan, are you want to not? No, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I forget. So I, d- I don't want I don't want uh, Twitter to uh, be ha- handing you with with the wrong name. Do you know what it's <laughs> like on social media? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much what Christian said. You know, Zaha's got well, has got tight to him, and Zaha spun him anti and. You know, he's literally, what is he, a few yards out then from probably blasting the ball in. So, you know, Worrell's, you know, made a bit of an error there and he's tried to make amends and obviously brought him down. Thankfully, Zaha put the penalty wide. I mean, it was very um, similar to Rashford's against Italy, wasn't it, in the Euros um, off the post and wide. So, yeah, poor penalty. But like I said to you, Adam, in the game yesterday, we've just been devoid of any luck this season, you know, 
you know, with VAR, etc., and blah, blah, blah. And finally, we just got a bit of luck yesterday. We got a look, got some luck with them missing a the penalty. Because, I'd, again, it was probably similar to the West Ham game where I think if they'd have gone ahead, you know, would, his, would, have, would our heads have dropped a little bit and we felt a bit sorry for ourselves because we played well again. And then we finally got some luck with a goal with VAR. So, yeah, it was... It, I generally, I just thought it was for sheer desire and commitment, which has been lacking in games this season at times, you know, you look at the Arsenal game, the week, I thought we were outstanding yesterday. I really did. I really did. Thought was we were outstanding. And um we did we fully deserved we fully deserved the win for me. And yeah. this is like we've said in previous pods, this is what you this is what you need at this level, week in, week out, just you know, to survive basically. Otherwise good sides will turn you over and they'll take chances, just as Brentford did last week when they had two shots on goal, scored twice. That's that's the level that we're at now. I know that point doesn't look so bad now after Brentford's heroics yesterday. Crazy. <laughs> I but mean, they did have uh, Ivan Tony back, didn't they? So I mean, that... I think that, that's a message to Gareth Southgate if I've never seen one in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's just quickly talk about the Morgan Gibbs White. I mean, both of you can chip in on here. I mean, I celebrated like it was. Like we've we'd won cup final, and then to see that the offside flag had gone up, I was thinking, oh come on! And then the VAR come up on the screen, and lo and behold, there is a there there is a refereeing god out there or a technology thing that that does help us. I mean, I think I think uh, Morgan Gibbs White was onside by a midges cock, wasn't he, Christian? Pretty much, um, but onsides onsides. Yeah, that's all that matters. Um, I think. It- Again, like it's just it just comes back to refereeing standards again. Like with the fact, this is why VAI is needed ultimately because they cannot be trusted out there to do their job properly. <laughs> and but that is the honest truth of it. And yeah. it's like you know the linesmen have been told don't flag unless it's clear and obvious. And it wasn't clear <laughs> and obvious. Obviously it was not. So it took, about, took about four minutes to come into an angle. So just leave it. And you know, I thought the the one on the other side as well was just shocking. Like, there was one where Lingard remonstrated with him for about five minutes. He ran from a clearly onside position around the corner mm. and Leibman flagged him. It was like, but he's about five yards onside. Yeah. Um, no, it was, like I said, it was just nice we got something go our way for once. Um, it was it was weird when I was sort of like, sort of like it was a half celebration and sort of you saw the flag. I was like, ah, oh, okay. And then we got the full proper celebration at the end knowing that it couldn't be interrupted, which is quite nice. But yeah. Um, but no, like it, I'm just glad that we finally got the answers and go our way after last week at Brentford's, and um, yeah, thankfully it proved to be pivotal. What I thought was good, Reese, was the how how our attack kept going, even though I think Ori had a cross block. Then he gave it into Johnson. It was a great driven cross, which is something that he needs to do a lot more in this division. But to be fair to Gibbs White, his reaction to it and his finish is actually superb, in my opinion. Yeah, because he kind of had to control it, didn't he? Was it like on his thigh or yeah, his stomach, yeah. kind of? And then um, there was on about that on Radio Nottingham on the way home. Um, and then he's like obviously got to place it in the corner past Gaetu who's coming out at him. So, yeah. Yeah, um, tidy little finish. Um, two in his last two, mate. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 coming along with with players. You know, he's still a young lad in football in terms with with them type of players. You want to see him coming along nicely. They're not they're not the finished article. No, but you have to over time see them progressing, and that's what 
Gibbs White is doing. He he started getting some start with a few assists from set pieces. Now he's starting to score goals. You know his energy's his energy's really really good. Yeah, he, he's coming along nicely, and um, you know it's funny. I think we're above Wolves, aren't we now as well? Which is um, basically obviously all the stick they gave him at uh, Molly New. So. Yeah, he's coming along nicely. And like I said in my previous comment, it's just such a shame that we're now in a break as it seems like we're clicking, but it is what it is in that uh, sense. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on, it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese spelled R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. Just after the Gibbs White goal, Christian, obviously Lingard had a great chance where we played it down the left. It got played into Johnson, I think, eventually, and he laid it back off for Lingard and he and he put the ball just past the post. I thought that was probably one of the our moves of the season and it was unfortunate that he didn't cap it off with a goal. I thought Lingard was was tremendous yesterday. I mean, to not play with a striker, I think is it has concerned everyone. I think we we reiterated that at the start of the show, but I thought the front three were were excellent in in terms of their movement and and getting half chances as such, but but it looked good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's always um it's always one of those, isn't it? Where like I mean I heard apparently on the radio Gary Burtles was just relentless saying that you know that why aren't we playing a striker? Why aren't we playing a striker? Sort of thing. But um I think it's going to be easy to stick to beat us with when we don't do well. And one of those it's sort of like in spite of when we do do well, I think just because. Uh, people's conceptions of how teams should be. Um, obviously, I do think we'll sign a striker in January personally, so hopefully that might put an end to it. But you're right. I mean, we saw it against. Uh, we saw signs of it against Spurs that front three, and how when it does click and come together, it will you'll see some brilliant passages of play, and that was one of them. I think I was very unlucky. He may, probably should have got it on target, maybe, but mm. uh, you, you know, splitting hairs, and um, yeah, that you're going to get some good passes to play with M3 sort of firing on all cylinders. It's just a case of will it have the end products that's needed to keep Forest in the league? That's the other question. But um, no, yesterday Lingob was tremendous. Again, like I think Steve Cook put a piece in the mirror about like um, you know, how most of the criticism from Lingard has been, or apart from incredibly unfair, has come from outside of Nottingham as well. And um, I do think that's the case. I think that, you know, like, Obviously, you have to remember he did have a pre-season. He jo- he joined literally the last game of pre-season, I think, for that Valencia game. 
Mm. And um, you can see it in the first few games of the season, he was blowing out of his arse. It took him quite a while to get up to speed. We are now seeing, I think, like a fully fit Jesse Lingard. And the difference it makes for Forrest is huge. And, um, you know, I saw someone say the way he's playing in the minute, the last two games, uh, we have to hope it isn't just a one-year spell because, you know, he's really, really putting a good shift in at the minute. And um, obviously, we've now got another month where he can be better into the system, get up, get up to speed and then come back after that. You know, first league game after that set his old um, stomping grounds at Old Trafford. Mm. So we'll have to see. But I, I do think we're starting to get the very best of him now. And, you know, the only thing missing yesterday was a goal for him because he was very, very good. I, think, I mean, there was a run he went on yesterday down the left-hand side and he, I think he put it through someone's legs and he got almost, mm. he got to the edge of the 18-yard box and I think he was just about to release for a shot or a pass to Johnson. And there was a great last-ditch tackle by a Palace defender. And I thought that is the Lingard we've signed. And yeah, and that, that was a, that was a trademark kind of Lingard esque run that he was doing uh, when he was so good for West Ham. But I want to go through both with both of you about uh, with by I think we've started to do this thing play by play performances. Obviously, I thought yesterday we outfought Palace all over the pitch. I thought we kept him at arm's length. I don't remember Henderson actually making a save. I mean, even for the penalty, he didn't have to make a save. Um, so other than Henderson, I, I think we'll go player by player. Starting with you, Reese. I want to talk about the fullbacks and the back four. Uh, with you first, Serge Aurier kept uh, Eberechi a fairly quiet first half, and then bullied his international teammate Wilfred Zaha second half. I thought he was tremendous, and and Lodi the same. And then obviously we've already spoke about the centre halves. Yeah, we, we touched on Lardy, didn't we, as well, how much um, the last two games, you know, yesterday I thought defensively he looked really good. The, the, well. the first moment Elise got the ball into him and he mm. and he was aggressive and he won the ball yeah, off him and got us know, on the pitch, he was brilliant. Yeah, like I've said in previous points, it is fair to say wing-backs um, strengths are going forward, but I thought he defended well as well yesterday, Lardy, and... Like as well, we mentioned, Bolly could have picked him out so many more times. He's made that run down the left. But going back to Aurier, I mean, he's been brilliant, absolutely. And, you know, I'll go as far as saying if someone says, you know, pick a player of the season so far, it's him for me because he's probably the only player um, who I don't think's had a bad game. I think mm. I think everyone else has had a bad game here or there. But him, I think, he, is it seven starts now? I know we lost 5 nil at Arsenal when he played, but he didn't do much wrong in that game at all as well. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, he, he's been an absolute brilliant signing so far on a free. He's just so, he, he doesn't, he looks good in, he looks comfortable in the air, never gets, seems to get beat in the air. He's comfortable on the ball. He doesn't, no, no one seems to skin him on that left side as well. And he, he's just been absolutely brilliant. And he's literally, you know, you he's just that right back position is his own at the minute. It really is. Um, you know, he's he's put. You know, Williams has been good the last two games he's played, but he's he's put in a seventeen million pound fullback on the bench at the minute. That's how good he's been. Makes you laugh. It makes you laugh that we managed to get him on a free, and mm. and so many teams have missed out on it, and we're yeah. reaping the benefits. And how much of a reputation he got at Spurs for being a bit of a. I don't know, one one a bit of a cannon or whatever. I'm not sure about. Well, that. I mean, I mean, these um, Maranakis signings don't look too bad, do they? Now at the minute, so <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, free transfer. It's early days, you know. I think what Forest Twitter is very thingy at is losing the minds over one 
good or bad game. I mean, you look look at Lodi. He's had he's had a he's had a, ter- he's had a poor start. That, you know, well, let's be honest. But it, it's like he's the worst fullback in the world. He, you know, like we've said on this pod, it's clear if he's playing for Atletico Madrid in Brazil, he's got to be half decent. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah, you, you've got you've got to give players a spell of games before for me always before making a judgment on them. And you know, hopefully now we can. You know, already been solid, but especially with Lottie and Lingard, we can start seeing the, the benefits of them. Definitely. Christian, we're going to move into midfield. I thought out of the three, Kayate was probably the one that wasn't really involved in the game as much, but maybe that was because he didn't really do a lot wrong either, to, so he went a bit more unnoticed. But Remo Freud obviously recorded the most distance yesterday, which really goes unrecognised. It doesn't really look like he moves that much, but... Nearly 12k uh, Forest data put out on Twitter. Ryan Yates not too far behind him, followed by Morgan Gibbs White, I believe it was. Morgan uh, Froiler and Yates yesterday were warriors in there. I thought they were 10 out of 10. To be to be fair, Yates was was insane. I mean, the shit was was brilliant uh, to to say the least. <laughs> um, to be honest, I think he's a cute bit of a service there. I mean. Um... Okay, he probably wasn't as dynamic maybe moving forward if we've seen him mm. in other games, like especially Liverpool. We went in that like Yaya Torre esque run where he ran deep into their half yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he made yeah. something happen. But the fact was that Everett Chayese, we all know how good a player he is. He may as well not been on the pitch yesterday because of Kuyaso. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 it was, it was, I'm just like, saying he went more under the radar, didn't he? Because mm. he didn't really do a lot wrong. That's what I'm saying. It was yeah, kind yeah, of definitely. one of them performances. Uh, I think that, like, you know, um, as Reese touched upon, the whole meltdown about Maranaka signing, he seems to do did all right, didn't he? Like um very much on the point to prove against his former club. I think I think um so a lot of Paris fans have come out and said, like, if he's gonna be playing like that, we should have probably kept him for at least another year. Mm. Um I think he played very well. Um, but you know, you're right in the sense that compared to the other two, my God, Freuler was tremendous. I mean, there's a few times in the first half he looked a little ropey for his passing, but yeah, he's just such a good player. I don't understand how people can't see like what he brings to this side. I thought it was really um, safe yesterday. Yeah, he can't without being <laughs> offensive. Um, I just like, he's so good on the ball. He's so, he's, he's everywhere. The amount of times he was just like, he put his body on the line for Forest yesterday, like to make an interception, to get in the tackles, to, to stop a play. He's tremendous. And uh, like Reese said earlier, the, the ball's out to the right, Johnson, especially like, the lofted through balls were so good. Like he started so many attacks, bringing them from deep. Like again, like you start to see why he got that sort of nicknamed the conductor and yesterday was perfect proof of that. They said ran everywhere. Obviously, um apparently the rumour goes that he had a conversation with Steve Cooper about how, you know, the intensity of the Premier League was much more than he anticipated. But mm. you know, in the last few weeks he's been absolutely unreal. And unreal is also the word I would use to describe Ryan Yates. I think that is possibly his best performance ever in a forest shirt. I was going as far as saying that he was, you know, Premier League level to the extreme. Like he like he was since we've moved to four three three, we've um you know, his technical also we all know he's technically the best player in the world, so that's fine. But since we moved to a four three three, it seems to play more to his strengths. And I felt that yesterday, given the nature of the game, it was quite a physical game, maybe bordering on scrappy, it very much suited Gates, and he was like a gladiator yesterday. He was, that was his, absolutely um, brilliant. And that was his bread the words that left my mouth when that albino sheepshagger, Will Hughes, <laughs> went into him at the end. Probably would have got me banned for about 15 different countries. But like the, he just loved it. Yates got up, you know, you see him G in the crowd up, you see him like, you no, know, they said the shit house very earlier. He was 
unbelievably good yesterday, Ryan Yates. Unbelievably good. Reese, what do you want to say about that? Yeah, just to touch on Yates, I think um, what you're seeing is, you know, we've, we all know what Ryan's strengths are, and that's Hassan and winning the ball back. So when you've got, when he's now got Froiler beside him, who can pass the ball like Garner could last season, it lets Ryan do what it, the best his best attributes are. And then, you know, a combination of the two, someone who can hassle, get stuck in, put his body on the line, and someone who can pass the ball, that's what you want in a centre-mid pairing. And it, it's just similar to what him and Garner was last season. And, it, you know, it, it's it's benefiting Yates, it's benefiting Froiler because they're both bouncing off one another. You've also got Kuyate in there, who's, you know, who will chase after the ball for an hour. He'll, get him, he'll put himself about. So, yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, you know, Ryan's had some good performances this season. Um, you know, the Liverpool game at home. It's it's just, yeah, it's just got to keep it up. You know, he's it's just getting that consistency week in week out. You know, he does have he had the odd bad game and he had some good games. It's just, but at home is I think at home especially I think. Is it now? I don't think we've been beat, have we, in the last five at home, is it, I believe, now? Something like that? Yeah, I believe so. You, so. You, so you can clearly see, it's just away from home, them three, Kiata, Yates and Froyle, they've got to do that away from home as well. And then, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're, progress, we're progressing. And really? like, I, like I say, at half a dozen eight games ago, like I said earlier, it, it was if, like, we just wasn't progressing. Now, it looks like we are, so... Let's hope we can, um, yeah, we can start pushing on there. I think with the size of our squad and, and the midfield options we've got, we've got that ability to maybe have a different option away from home. Like you have your Mangala and your O'Briens that can come in and be a bit more offensive as you were from midfield. I mean, Yates yesterday, I thought, started off quite a few good attacks just from winning the ball. And then Kiate and Freud are just sweeping in and, and, and kind of like passing to the next man or whatever. And I, I thought... He was he was tremendous. Him, no, him, no, no doubt about it. Him and Froyle yesterday were absolutely brilliant. They just kept absolutely intercepting brilliant. every ball. It just was ridiculous. Hundred percent getting stuck in, you know, and you get out a bit extra, don't you, from Froyle because he has got a bit of a better passing range. But they them two, yeah, brilliant. And they, they typified the whole team before. It's just energy, desire, commitment. Just all the Mikel Arteta buzzwords, what he likes <laughs> writing on his whiteboard. That that was Forrest's performance yesterday. And it it was a performance for me to make the supporters proud yesterday because they just gave absolutely everything. And, you know, if we can keep doing that, I know it is a big ask in this league um, because it does sap the energy out of you. But if we can keep doing that week in, week out for the majority of the season, we've got, we've got a chance of staying up, definitely. Definitely. We're going to move on to the front three. I know we've spoke about them a little bit because obviously they were so involved with the game yesterday as well, but I thought their energy levels, I thought their combination play yesterday was was excellent. There were some really, really good moves. Gibbs-White laying the ball off and little touches here and there. No, Not as many flicks as, as you have normally seen, I thought, but he was getting a lot of it right. Him, Lingard, thought Johnson is growing into his role again slowly, needs to be a bit more confident, as we've mentioned before, Reese, with, with driving into the box. He's got that bit more time than he, than he actually probably thinks. But Christian, would you say, would you, would, are you still concerned? I know you said we, we think we'll buy a striker in, in January, but are you still concerned about us not playing with one majority of the time? 
Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I mean, like, we did create a lot of chances yesterday, but I think that it's just, you know, like we looked at before, it's the it's having that ruthlessness to kill it off to actually mm. take those chances. Like, and I'm not entirely convinced, even with Surridge and Taiwo, I don't think we necessarily have, and Dennis for that matter. I'm not sure we have someone in the team that is that has that killer streak that can do that. I know obviously Dennis got ten goals last season. Obviously, that's not to be sniffed at, but. I don't know. I just think that it's interesting. We've got a lot of options as well. Like, I mean, I was, obviously we talked about the team before the game, and obviously Adam, you wanted both Lingard and Gibbs White to start, whereas I just wanted one of them to start because yeah. I think in the in the Brentford and the Spurs game, we've seen a lot of joy from that um, from Gibbs White or Lingard in that number ten role. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously they 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 both ran the game. Obviously Lingard against Spurs was magician, and Gibbs White against Brentford was tremendous. So. I'm not entirely sure having both in the team works, but equally, when you look at yesterday, it did work. Like you know, we got results. It's it's a good op. I think it's a good string to keep us bow. I think that's the best way of putting it because we can play that way. We've shown we can play that and win that way as well. But I still think that you know, for it's mental to think that of all the signings that we signed, I think like no, like, we still haven't necessarily replaced someone who can do what Keenan Davis did. Yeah. So. Um, and I, I think we're seeing it now with Aurier. Aurier, I think, in terms of players who have replaced like the low knees, I guess you could say maybe Freud has replaced Garner, which is probably fair enough. Aurier has replaced Fence very well, I think. And Gibbs White has replaced um, Canago. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So <laughs> not Aurier. Yeah, but um, we're not quite there at that focal point yet. So I don't. Know, I think I think it's good as well for us to have the option to play both. Like, oh, Forest could go false nine. Forest could go with a striker today, and uh, it'll keep teams on their toes, and it gives us some tactical flexibility as well. Absolutely. But um, yeah, it's an interesting um, discussion, interesting question. But would I would would I be keen to see it again? Or well, it's worked today against a good team in the top half of the league. So yeah, why not? <laughs> um, I wanted to reiterate something that Reese mentioned to me in the ground yesterday to both of you about how much more fitter we look and we've adapted. We seem to have adapted to the Premier League now a little bit more against, especially against the sides in the lower half of the table. I know we obviously, we beat Liverpool in the league and we beat Spurs in the cup uh, the other night. So we obviously can compete with those more elite sides, despite obviously getting absolutely dumped by Arsenal, Man City and Leicester. Um, since, since Cooper signed his contract, we're actually ninth, in form, which I think is a justification of him of him staying now, we look like we're we're off the bottom now. Going into the World Cup, we're we're eighteenth. Um, we're we're within touching distance. Uh, Fulham in ninth and Wolves in twentieth are separated by nine points before play has been started today. Obviously, Fulham are playing Man United today as we record this. So it's. I mean, I thought the championship was pretty tight last season, but the Premier League is equally as tight until you get to maybe like sixth or fifth or whatever. But are you two starting to feel a little bit more, there's a little bit more hope at the end of the tunnel, a bit more light? Because I know a few weeks ago, and probably myself included, we was all very much doom and gloom and looking forward to the championship and seeing Josh Bowler <laughs> rip it up. Um, Reese, I'll start with you with that. Yeah, they've definitely given hope, haven't they? Um, A lot more hope. You can only, for me, there was fans out there who was definitely hoping more, but you can only hope, in my opinion, from what you see on the pitch. And before this, like, run, when we was getting spanked, you know, the likes of Leicester, you're just thinking, I just cannot see 
um, the turnaround. But I think something what is um, crucial to add is that since he signed that new contract, Cooper would actually be ninth, I think. I, That's right, yeah, I just mentioned that. Yeah, sorry, sorry, mate. It's just because I'm I'm catching Too busy watching this. the cricket, aren't you? I know, it's yeah, in the background. It's terrible. a tense game, sorry. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely, you know, given a lot more hope. It's just that there's so many, like you just said, Adam, so many teams down there, you know, in the same position. Everyone's going to be battling with one another. Um, that Southampton game will be a big game, I think. I know it, we've got United and Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea are very there to get at at the minute. Um, at especially home, at home. Especially, yeah. Um, you, you, you kind of not pick your games in a sense, but you that's where the frustration come from, as we mentioned before. You looked at them Fulham and Bournemouth games at home. That's where you kind of got to pick up your points. And for us to like, get none out of six was a disaster, really. And you, you've seen like Leeds, they picked up a couple of wins. I know they lost yesterday, but they've gone from like 18th to 12th. So you just we just need to put that little bit of... It's just a shame it's Man United to the way next. And to, um, but, you know, put put some, you know, I don't know, in five, just put some result, a string of results together, like we are a bit nah. And then hopefully we can... Um, it's going to be tight. It wouldn't. It generally wouldn't surprise me if it went right to the last day with Forest. It it wouldn't surprise me because it's it's never straightforward, is it? So, yeah, we'll see. But a lot, a lot more, um, a lot more. Oh, I can't think of a bloody word. <laughs> Optimistic than I was. Yeah, six eight games ago, and it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? Lee Clark has joined us as he's. <laughs> come out of his hole. Uh, Lee, was was the win that good yesterday? Yeah, fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Um, you've got to make the most of these Premier League wins, haven't you? Um, yeah, sorry about that, chaps. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good win. Um, I thought it was a shit game, actually. I thought it was a really poor game. Um, did you really? I'm surprised by that. Yeah, I did. I thought it was a really poor game. I thought it was a game that... If you lose that game, you, you yeah, just, I'd agree with that. The writing's on the wall, isn't it? If you lose mm-hmm. that game, I think you've we, I think in our situation, um, you've got to be winning those games. You don't want to be on the wrong end of those. I, I think agree. even with Palace missing the penalty, I suppose. I think someone said to me last night, "Did you deserve to win?" Maybe I think if you, I mean, I'm watching the cricket now, and we've got this win predictor on. If you'd have had a win predictor in that game. You know, at nil nil, it would have literally been 50 50. It would, have, it was one of those games. I thought, mm. um, had it have finished nil nil, it would have been there'd have been no complaints from either side. I don't think. I think it was a testament to the players to go out and get a result, seeming that VAR robbed us of, of everything last week. And then we, we said that four points was a minimum out of those two games, and, we, and we've managed to do that obviously after drawing last week, but. We were just talking about, uh, Lee, before you joined us, about the optimism now because we're right in the mix of this relegation battle. I mean, I, I just said that Fulham are, are ninth, uh, ninth and nine points separates them from 20th. So a couple of wins and you get up there sort of thing. Uh, and I was just saying to to these guys, are you more hopeful now that we, we, we have got a really good chance, especially with, with players coming back in January, maybe... And a couple of additions. Can can we do it? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we have got a fighting chance now. Um, it's such a psychological thing to go into this World Cup, not bottom of the league, I think. Um, it's just such a, a big... The players will be so confident now, I think. Um, I, I don't think we're a million miles away at home. I think, Like I said, I think yesterday was a pretty poor game. Um, that's my opinion. It's just one of those <laughs> things that I'm sure, like you said, Reese, you probably enjoyed the game. But um, I just think it's... It's massive. To get. I think if you'd have offered us, if you take away some of the batterings, I think if you'd have offered us 18th place going into the World Cup at the start of the season, everyone would have snapped, snapped their hands off. I, I just can't... I think it's about par for the course. I don't think with the points we've got, I think you could probably say we, if we'd have got... If, if, if only we'd beat Bournemouth, I think we, we'd be like 14th, I think. It'd be such a... Um, you know, it, it, I just think it's it, it's a decent return from what we've who we've played, where we've played them. Um, but yeah, we've absolutely got a fighting chance now. And I think had we lost yesterday, it probably would most fans would have probably said, "Well, that's it. Now we're down." Um, but yeah, we've we've absolutely got a chance. It's going into two massive games after the break: Manuel away, Chelsea home. We've kind of got we've got nothing to lose in those games now. We can go into it and have a bit of a swing and and see what happens. Definitely. Christian, I want to bring you in as we see when we play Man United and Chelsea, there's going to be a six-week World Cup and a lot of them players from those teams could go a decent distance, you'd say, obviously. Um, I think that's kind of that kind of benefits us with only five players going from us, three of them playing for One Nation in Wales, who on paper you would expect maybe to get out of the group, but possibly won't. So could be back sooner. So Williams and Johnson would be available sooner. Kiate at Senegal, I don't know how much he plays. Freuler obviously would be very, very uh frequent user, I would have thought, for, for Switzerland. So it kind do you think it kind of suits us in a way, although we're in a bit of a momentum, we're in a bit of a flow at home, especially. Do you think it's a bit of a blow that we're stopping now? Um, yeah, I think it is in a way, definitely. But I mean, I also think that the break's going to help us even more. I mean, it's going to it's going to give Cooper a month uninterrupted with the vast majority of his teams, bed them in, get them into playing his method. I mean, we know full well that you know Cooper is a man that can get a lot out of a team very quickly. He can make a team as a unit look a good unit very quickly. We've seen that with England under seventeen, so he won the World Cup. We saw it with Forest when he came in last season. You know, the transformation from you know the terrorism that we saw for the first seven games of the season compared to the rest of the year was night and day. But um, so I do see what you're being in a way that it's a bit like it's, it's mini disruption because we have got some momentum going, but equally I think we'll be stronger for it. Uh, listening to what recently was saying, I mean, I kind of wish that we had the Bournemouth and Fulham home games later on in the season. So I think mm-hmm. had we had them around this time now, we'd probably win both pretty comfortably as well. And um, that's not a slight on those two teams. I just think that we're a better team now than we were then I think like you know, lessons have been learned. On the one hand, everything happens for a reason, and of course, you know, without the lessons from those games we probably wouldn't be where we are now in terms of a progress chart. But like Ray said, we sort of need to get points from those really because it has hurt us. I mean, for all of Fulham's sort of like bravado and everyone's going how wonderful they are, they are only six points ahead of us before kickoff today. So that would have been free had we you know, held on to that lead. It would have been, you know, you're saying with Bournemouth, Bournemouth just beating Everton 3-0, good win of granted. They're only three points ahead of us. It'd been level on points had we held on to that win. And held so, on to that Everton as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you Five know, margins. Like, 
it is fine margins, of course. But I mean, one thing that pleased me yesterday, and like I do agree with Lee, it wasn't the best game in the world. But um, one thing that we were so good at last season was I still I do firmly believe this. Forest were the best team in the league out of possession in the championship last season. I genuinely believe that, and I think that the fact that we restricted a Crystal Palace team with Eze, with Elise, with Zaha, with Eduard who came on, Matessa who came on, uh, Ayu, you know, Jeffrey Sharp was playing. It was a very attack-minded team. They didn't have a single shot on target the whole game. Mm. That's, I mean, okay, they had the penalty, which they missed, but from open play, they created absolutely nothing. So that means that those lessons, that those beliefs that Cooper had last season, where, um, you know, we were that good out of the ball, we do seem to be taking that into the Premier League now and with better players too. So hopefully, uh, obviously a long answer to your question. On the one hand, yes, it is a bit of a pain in the ass because, you know, I kind of wish we were playing United tomorrow the way we were playing yesterday. It was like, you know, bring them on sort of thing. On the other hand, if we've, if we've been like this on the hoof with no real sort of, you know, as we go along week by week, seeing gradual improvement, then with a month uninterrupted, you know, we could be, we could look a really good outfit second half of the season, hopefully. Yeah, especially yeah, with, I, I, especially with the amount of rest we're going to have compared to everyone definitely, else. Yeah, obviously we'll, have, we'll still be playing game every week compared to some of the teams at the top. So definitely, but um, yeah, I think it's it's it, a few weeks ago. I probably was still. I still think like, um, you know, it's going to be hard. Of course it is, but I think like you said earlier, and we could we could end the season. I said to my mates earlier, where the team in tenth is only five points clear of eighteenth. That's how tight it is. <laughs> so um, makes it more entertaining, hope, at least. Yeah, the neutral. Just, just hopefully we want those teams above that, but that that line. Absolutely. But, um, obviously, one thing also we have got mentioned: Forest are now thirteen points, of course. So we will not be breaking Derby's record as the worst team in history, Three. which is very good, very nice. <laughs> I mean, that record's never going to be, is it? Let's be honest. No, I, mean, but we, I, I, I did wonder at one point the way we were I playing. I mean, we've been pretty game, poor. But... Let's be honest. A majority of the season we've knocked it off by November. I mean, that just shows you that record. I mean, Lee mentioned into um, about par earlier. Now we played fifteen games, thirteen points. So the magic number—it's always said in the premise, forty, 40. points, isn't it? So nine wins. So if we, um, you know, we're seven points off. We've got four games to get seven points, kind of to make par, if you'd say. But I, I mean, I'm just looking at his fixtures. I mean. After the United and the Chelsea game, you then got Southampton away, Leicester home, Bournemouth away, Leeds home, plus Leeds away will be in there, and Fulham at home. That's where the season's defined for Forest. Them six games for me, hmm. um, because then you then you put then you go into like then you got City at home. So if if Forest can get a good run in them six games coming back back after into the new year, then yeah, we'll see we'll see where we are. They're, they're they're probably six pointers, all of them, every week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be some energy and some kilometers ran by Freuler and Yates and Lingard, etc. <laughs> yeah, I know it's been a bit of a bumper episode, but I did want to get some slept on it for so you can all watch the cricket while I read these out, I guess. So, um, as I've mentioned earlier, um, someone writing this is from Mitchell NFC. He says, I don't need to sleep on this one. Renan Liddle is now running Waitrose. What a turnaround, which I applauded. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, Carl Booth, solid team performance, restricted Palace to nothing. Lingard's best league performance. Johnson back to form. Gibbs White looks a steal. Sam, I love Morgan Gibbs White. 
Phil, both fullbacks are immense. Ori, especially Zaha, didn't beat him once. Another shocker from a ref. BJ's probably best game. Still not convinced with that front three. Bowley can defend but not play. Atmosphere inside and out was amazing. Love the fist pumps again. Red Tricky Tree, uh, in the last week and a bit, a team has begun to emerge. Lads who know their role, what to do and when, when to go or sit. The team is gelling, not the most pleasing on the eye. Uh, for the game today, but one full of effort, vigour and tenacity. I ask no more from them bloody tricky trees. Uh, Matt Hoy, why isn't Yates on the plane? I mean, although he's been really, really good, Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham, he's not fit to lace either of their boots for me uh, in terms of, of, of England, unfortunately. Not 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 quite for me, so that, that's just my opinion. Uh, Zach, if we'd won just once more to date, we'd easily be outside the relegation zone. That's just one of the draws that... Everton, Brighton, Villa or Brentford turned into a win uh, or the loss uh, to Fulham or Bournemouth. Uh, so fine margins as a, as a previous manager, as Reese has mentioned in previous pods. Uh, David Bullen, a uh, massive win. Regardless of what you think about the midfield three, I think Mangala and O'Brien need to play. Having three had, uh, had proven to be a successful recipe for this team. Good to see Brennan in better positions and have a go at defenders. Just need to be more precise. Uh, with his end product and finishing, Gibbs White is the most naturally talented player I've ever seen since Collymore. I mean, I'm interested to hear suggestions, he says. Uh, solid defensively, need more than uh, one or two of good play, though. For relatively poor first, but better second. Lingard getting there. And the last one from Jerry Pritchard, buzzing, huge win and performance. No shot on target for Palace is an impressive stat. Slightly disappointed with Brennan's final ball. Must do better obviously it's going to be a big world cup break six weeks um i think we'll be probably trying to get together and do maybe like kind of a mid-season review i would say maybe lee you might be able to join us for a full episode eh? a <laughs> um possibly we'll yeah, see. possibly depends how england are doing i guess in the world cup um I didn't, I didn't want to really talk. I I I was for an England chat, but obviously, if if everyone else is is not too fussed, we can we can leave that uh, to the to the other pundits of of the World Cup. But uh, I'm sure we'll be back with with bits and bobs. We've got a few things lined up to keep everyone forest juices flowing until that Blackburn game in the Carabao Cup, and then uh, a trip to Old Trafford to see Man United and. Forest hopefully do them in their own backyard, but it's been a tremendous year, you'd say at Forest, guys. I I know the the play the playoff final is going to be the moment of of the year for all of you, but if you could pick out something else that has summed up how good the year twenty twenty two has been, um, at the City Ground, I would say because it was the last game of 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 this year for us. What would you say? And I'm going to start with you, Reese. I'm putting you on the spot. For my for my moment of the year at the City Ground. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'd have. To, do you know? For all for me, it's the obvious one because for all those that went to Sheffield United back in 2003, I was only 11 then. Mm. So for me to, I just that was my first year as a season ticket holder, so that was literally like <laughs> welcome to supporting Nottingham Forest, where literally, you know, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, and I'd never ever forget that night because 
I just remember them turning it around and a Sheffield United fan running onto the pitch and knee sliding across the pitch. I remember coming out of the ground after the game and a programme seller giving me, me and my dad some grief and we didn't, we didn't even say anything like, and I, you know, obviously there's always been that rivalry with Sheffield United and it's so to, for, the, to, for it to happen against them as well, it, it was just, you know, uh, nearly 20 years of pain kind of, you know, gone against them. But there's been so many great memories. You know, I'm not going to steal Lee or Christian or your funder, so I'll, I'll let um, them lads talk about theirs. But yeah, it's been, it's been the best year supporting Forest for me since I've supported the club. And, you know, I'm hoping this is just a start for us. I really am. And we can, um, you know, stabilise ourselves in the Premier League and maybe win the... Um, Fizzy Pop Cup this year, but um, yeah, the, the next the next dreams Forest played in Europe, but um, long way to go before that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lee, what's your favourite moment of the year twenty twenty two at the City Ground? Yeah, there's just been so many, hasn't there? I mean, it, last season was amazing. I just think, even God, I mean, I know I'm a bit older than you guys, but I think it was just the best season. Just turning up and expecting you, well, knowing that your team's going to have a go. Um, it is everything that a football fan wants. You you don't want turgid football. You want football where you can buy into. Even if you're going to lose, um, you're going to at least have a go and try and win the game. But yeah, I think based on what we said, I can't really go against the Sheffield. I think the atmosphere for the Sheffield United home game was literally the best I've ever seen uh, at mm. the City Ground. Um, yeah, I come out with a headache. It was it was just amazing. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. It was just. I mean, everything from scoring early to getting the two-goal lead back and then everything that happened with them coming back into the game. Um, I just think it was it was the most amazing night. And in some ways, it was almost better than Wembley because it, it's at your ground, it's it's in front of your own, you know, your own supporters and that. And it was just amazing. Like we said, Sheffield United fans have this weird kind of hatred um, for Forrest. Um, probably stemming back to when Warnock was in charge. He doesn't particularly like Forest, does he? So, yeah, it was just it was just amazing. I just think that was that was the one occasion for me where, um, hopefully, Reece, uh, Christian's got something different because otherwise it's going to be a pretty boring section of the pod. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, I've got got to go with the Sheffield United game. I just think with the penalty save and everything uh, saves at the end as well from Samba, it was just it was kind of written in the stars for a little bit, and then it wasn't, and then it, it was just such an emotional night. Um, and it's one of those nights where if you're an armchair fan, you will never experience that sort of situation. So, so yeah, I can't I can't go with anything different than that. Christian, yeah, I mean, I think obviously the obvious one is Sheffield United, but I think um, sorry to be boring, but um, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, it was I think you know one of the ones for me was West Brom at home after Easter. It was a day Derby got relegated, so that was nice. But um, <laughs> but um, it wasn't even that. It was more the fact that like. West Brom just come down for the Premier League and like like Lee had said like you know for, we sort of went in expecting to win that game we absolutely fucking battered them that day West Ham, West Brom was um, to beat them 4-0 and you know if you look at the uh, what's it even the Arsenal game that was probably the start I think you know where people thought okay this guy actually really really leads something pretty special here then you had um, you know the Leicester game you know dumping the holders out 4-1 even this season, like beating West Ham, first Premier League game in 23 years, and getting like a very eventful one nil win, beating Liverpool, you know, Champions League finalists last season, you know, beating them one nil, 
Um, all, again, all the drama that came with that as well. We've had some really, really special days. I think smacking Swansea 5 1. Uh, you know, to, um, boring football, Steve Cooper beating them 5 1. And, um, you know, like, I, I think obviously just because of obviously, obviously the, the element that came with it, the drama and everything, to overcome the disappointment of so many previous years and the Bournemouth debacle, I do think Sheffield United is, you know, number one, but huge. I think, yeah, what a, what a season we've had. I don't think we'll get better for a long time until we get back to Europe, of course. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Jed Spence's banger against QPR because I, I think that moment just made me think we can, we can definitely go up. But... I'm going to end it there, uh, guys. Hope you enjoy the World Cup. We'll be back during it to bring you some more Forest things. And we'll see you next time. Come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share. And it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well, is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling... Um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.